Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? I am well. Um, (laughs) Hello, my friend. You know what I forgot to tell you last week? And I should be ashamed of myself, if not both of us, for not knowing this. Last episode would have been the would have been us celebrating their two-year anniversary. They're doing this because July 8th passed, and we had a lot going on. Yeah, a lot of kitchen. But <laughs> yes, but yeah, apparently uh, July 8th once again our anniversary. So happy two years, buddy. Yes, so, sir, happy two years. Yes. <laughs> So we, I was like, I, I better, I need to be sure to say something this week. <laughs> um, we're going to have an awesome night tonight with us, joining us patiently, returning guest, our friend, Chad Pitznick. Chad, welcome back, my friend. So honored. All right. So, I mean, I'm ready to have some fun. Let's do this. Yes, man. Um, you, uh, you played at a gig last night that I wish we would have been able to make, um, figuring out timing between because york was with his mom and then we were at the house we were trying to time when they were showing up and and then i'm like i'm not gonna make it out to gallatin (laughs) in the amount of time i'm not gonna need to i'm like but one of these days if you play at fat bites again yeah i'm gonna do my i mean because it's just not even 10 minutes away well we'll actually be there wednesday and i'm playing a double set at my bluegrass trio the high seas is opening at 6 30 and then i'm playing with mick at 7 30 ish okay all right most most wednesdays unless i'm out of town uh-huh. you know doing something or whatever um he's there so anytime okay. love to see it'd be awesome yeah man definitely try and make it out um, no, no big no big about the it was a cool yeah. event that was a john Klein like... tribute thing and it was really cool so awesome man awesome yeah. um york and his mom went to the uh, march downtown uh the john lewis celebration i guess um because they were renaming fifth avenue uh i think it's john lewis way or something like that so there was also there was also actually a pretty awesome peaceful uh protest for cuba that marched downtown i don't know if you heard about that it just happened i was actually at layla's watching uh the rishi sisters lily may rishi yeah and my buddy herschel plays drums great drummer but uh we're just sitting there and you you know you're looking outside the back window and all these the Cuban flags are going by. I'm like, Oh, that's, I mean, and it actually was beautiful. And the people were, it was very peaceful and they just marched on down the street. And it was like, that's really cool. I got, I'm yeah. glad they're doing that. You know, I went to Havana a couple of years ago. It was amazing. Awesome. No, that's cool. And, uh, they, the March ended up, uh, ended at the rhyme and then they had a whole service with various different people, uh, speaking and everything. So it was cool. Um, one of the books that York has to read before he starts his new school in like three weeks, he had to read a March, the graphic novel about John Lewis and that March on Selma. So he had an idea, you know, so he had some, some sort of semblance, I guess you could say, or background about what was going on and what he was learning about. So this just kind of added into it, which is great because he's going to have to write an essay about the graphic novel. And now he'll be able to add what he learned from going on that march into his essay 
That's fantastic. Yeah, and now he's reading reading the Neil Gaiman book. I forgot the name of it. Um, he's trying to work his way through that, and then uh, that's his fiction book that he has to get through in three weeks and slowly getting through. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, it's but yeah. So meanwhile, I yeah, I'm halfway through. My, it it is almost upon it. I was gonna say. I know, right. Know. Yep. So my daughter Grayson starts first grade August fifth, and then York will start fifth grade at uh, Meg's Magnet in August tenth. So awesome! Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm halfway through my Andrew McCarthy book, so um, I'm actually really enjoying it. It's you know it's very interesting. I ended up listening to Demi Moore's book uh, Inside Out. Golly. The stuff that woman has gone through in her life, wow. I would say could fill a book, and it obviously has, but it could probably <laughs> fill at least another two. It is, she's very resilient, I guess is, good, is a good way to put it. And she's been, the amount of uh, things she's had to go through in her life, even with her successes, is just crazy. It's 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 amazing, you know, that we can talk about movies and, just assume everything's cool, but we don't, you know, nobody ever knows what goes on in every, yeah. in everybody's lives, but true. You know, it's, especially you know, with women. I mean, yeah. women, oh, yeah. men, you know, I mean, a lot of women have been successful, but just imagine you heard the stories of what they've been through, you know, yeah. even in the music world. So exactly. And, <laughs> but if you have any kind of interest in Demi Morris, uh, you know, the actress, you should either read or listen to her book inside out. It is, it's got some good stories. It's got a lot of heartbreak in there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that'll just kind of just wrench at your heart, but it's, it is fascinating and is a very interesting read. And uh, yeah, it definitely makes it. If you no no matter what you think of her it only elevates, it will only elevate that. Let's put it that way. It will make yeah. you think less, only think better. And, put her up higher on, on, on that. Meanwhile, I'm now listening. I'm halfway through, uh, Rob Lowe's book. I'm just making my way through the Brat Pack. Apparently, um, <laughs> Rob Lowe's book is not near as tragic. It has a lot of humbling, uh, a lot of humbling stories about, and I mean, literally it's more name droppy than Demi Moore's book. Um, but his is more kind of name droppy, but has a lot of great stories that I would definitely recommend uh, people w- listen to this one. The, so far, and I'm only about 60% through that book. Um, my favorite story is about the fact that he went for a screen test for Footloose. And in the screen test, they were him and like a bunch of other people that were auditioning or that were there for the screen test, they all had to dance to Styx's uh, Rock in the Paradise, AD, AD 1929, yeah. Rock in the Paradise. Um, and so they had to dance to that <laughs> during the screen test. And to me, it's such an odd choice of a song to dance to, even in that time period, because it's not really a very, it's not a song you yeah. would dance to. It's one you would rock out to, but not one you would dance to. I can see that. You can see that part. Yeah. Well, and at the end, they're supposed to do the little 
slide across the floor like uh, Kevin Bacon does in the movie. And Rob was said when he slid across the floor, all he could hear was this loud pop over the music. He looked up at the director and then he blacked out. He had torn his meniscus in, in, in the movie. He obviously did not get the part. He was told that they were going to end up just offering it to a dancer. Like they're going to look for a professional dancer for the part. He goes, and then, the, and then I found out Kevin Bacon got the part. An actor. <laughs> but it turned out for the best and then a wild story about him and Roman Polanski making some movie called Pirates that was supposed to be with Jack Nicholson but then Nicholson backed out and then he thought about getting Walter Matthau but at the same time he was up for the role for Youngbloods and so he ended up getting the role for Youngbloods and then backing out of Pirates which turned out to be one of his better decisions he said because <laughs> it, uh, it did not go well um but yeah, it's it's a lot more fascinating. There's a lot of great stories. I like the fact that because I'm reading the Andrew McCarthy book and listening to the Rob Lowe book, there's a lot of crossover because they've been in a couple of movies together. So it's listening. It's interesting to uh, listen to or to get both view, you know, basically each other's views about the same experience. Um, hold on. Uh, Rob Lowe's book's called Rob Lowe Stories I Only Tell My Friends. So if you're interested, <laughs> check that one out. It's great. I'm 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 really enjoying that. But I like biographies and I definitely like biographies of people that I enjoy their work. Um, either, you know, no matter what the work, you know, what no matter what it is. But I've found that uh fascinating so far. As far as I know, Emilio Estes does not have a book out. And I haven't checked to see if Ali Sheedy does, but um <laughs> Or I'm sure Molly Ringwald does. I'm sure she does. Anthony Michael Hall in there somewhere? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. If not, uh, you know, he's definitely do. Um. Anyway, so that's what I. Other than that, I haven't been up to much. Patrick, how have you been? Doing all right. Um. <clears throat> still continue my week of just it's work. <laughs> much that much is going on. I was um. Friday, I was going to attempt to watch two movies in a day, which I kind of did, but um, I was actually going to go. I changed my mind about yep. seeing uh, Space Jam in the theaters. I was going to try to see it, but uh, mm-hmm. then I decided to watch it Thursday into Friday on HBO Max. And um, yeah. here we go. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that later. Um, but then, but today, uh, one of the movies I'll be talking about, I did watch today, even though I was going to watch it Friday. Mm-hmm. Escape Room cool. 2. Yeah. Okay. Electric um, Boogaloo. Instead <laughs> of Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. But um, yeah, haven't been too much going on this week. Um, I didn't have my daughter this weekend because she okay. went to Gatlinburg with her friend and her oh, okay. family and said she wanted to chill in her room. She missed her bed and she'll come next week. So I'm like, Aww. all right. So I got, got a little freedom to get some movies, but okay. you know. Because I want to take her to see Black Widow this week, but I guess we'll do that next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. Chad, what's new with you, buddy? Uh, it's been a busy summer. Um, you know, off you know, teaching rock band in Nashville but off for the summer, so I uh, picked up a lot of side work. I was in Atlanta about four times uh, in the past four or five weeks, and um, 
did some background work on a thing called senior year. Um, I was a cop. It was kind of fun because I had a fake bag of weed and I was lecturing some kid. That was kind of fun. <laughs> but uh, and then uh, you got back on set for Stranger Things 4, which back nice. in November when I was on there, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you're being used now. You won't be used again the rest of the season. I'm like, watch me. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, had a great just some great experiences. And uh, again, just was very blessed to be, you know. Uh, a lot of, you know, basically we know they're at Hawkins, you know, stuff going on at Hawkins High. And uh, I was in all of that stuff and um, got to work closely uh, with with Max, Sadie Sink uh, in two scenes and okay. um, real, like really closely. I was the only I was one of four people in the, in the scene with her. Um, That's a hallway scene. And uh, again, Hawkins High School is not, you know, you've got the non-disclosure act, but, you know, it's, it's a high school. So, you know, there's teachers there right like that and uh it was a really great experience and there was one day where you know one or two days we didn't get used at all and that's you know that happens but then the days we did get used were were pretty magical pretty pretty exciting and uh saw a couple new characters on set that i hadn't seen um before um finn wolfhart um who has a great new band by the way called the aubrey's uh you young kids out there would know parents get hip to it he used to be in a band called Calipernia, and now he's got a band called the Aubrey's, and they have done a mashup with my former students from Atlanta, Lunar Vacation. Oh, so okay. I did, a, I don't know, my Sunday Music Soapbox uh, podcast, I did an interview with um, my former student, Mateo, who's the keyboardist for Lunar Vacation, and then I, the guitarist for this big band from Chicago called Beach Bunny. They're kind of a new indie surf rock, but they're really big. They've been on like Kimmel, they've been... And uh, so I'm, I'm always kind of running. Anyway, Finn was there. That's the first time I saw him, but I didn't have a, t- a chance to talk to him. But he knows all my students. And yeah, so I wanted to say hi, but it, I didn't have the opportunity to. So, right. you know, you kind of background peon status, you know, but they were, they were cool. But everybody, I will tell you this about the, the because of COVID, those actors are working so hard to try and finish that series. I mean, we're talking... I know for a fact that Sadie Sink one day, as I met her stand-in, um, she has two stand-ins, but one really nice to was talking to me for a while. And she said that Sadie got up 2.30 a.m., started at 2.30 a.m. in the morning, and we filmed it at uh, 2 p.m. at the house and f- until until 5. It took a break and went to a cemetery to film until 10.30 p.m. So from 2.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m., for as far as I know, Sadie Sink, those are the kind of hours that they're putting in to try and get the series, you know, to get finished, to get caught up. And there, and normally they would stop and like we one day we were behind a house and there was like four of us background, only four. It was kind of a nice set. That's it. We actually did get used that day, but and the mains were 15 feet away. And they walked by. We don't bother, you know, we're professional and on our job. Right. Yeah. Normally they would stop and say hello and talk, but they're just so burnt that they're just like, you know, want to get it done the best they can and get back to the trailer, you know. And um, so that's that was there's a couple scenes that it was it was nice uh, to see all them again. Um, and so that I was that was a couple of weeks of, uh, you know, and obviously what the nice part about COVID testing is, you know, normally you'd have to be in Atlanta to COVID test or they're in Nashville. My sons are in Atlanta, but they've opened it up now where you can send a PCR COVID test for certain productions like Stranger Things right. 4. You can send a PCR test from here. That wasn't always the case. In fact, yeah. it was like four. Ozark 4, which I'm trying to get on right now, 
you have, they're like, nope, you have to be in Atlanta and you have to quarantine three days back to back and you have to test three days in a row back to back. Um, but anyway, so, uh, it's, it's been, it's been good though, that that was a lot of fun, came back, um, from filming and went, had a little beach time. And then I flew out to Los Angeles to support my best friend from college. He and his wife opened a, a brewery out there. It's called high def brewing. It's a beautiful, not only are they my friends, the beer is actually very good. Okay. And, uh, I, I, they never had a grand opening because of COVID, you know, they opened their, right. their brewery at the worst possible time at the beginning of COVID lost thousands and thousands of dollars, like many other small businesses did, but they're not a, backed by a corporation. So they're really, so anyhow, now Los Angeles is kind of back and they have a crowd and I wanted to go out and support. So I went out and like worked and helped set up tables and just like yeah. supported so did that and uh did some sightseeing as you saw went by the cecil hotel and uh tried to get a room there but i couldn't get in but uh <laughs> probably for the best <laughs> yeah maybe. and uh just had a great time great six days out there came back and hosted a good friend of mine from college and uh now just in nashville for a couple of weeks and uh getting settled back in playing some music and uh awesome. about it awesome well the last time i was out in los angeles Three months later, we were in quarantine. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably holding off on that. <laughs> yeah. So I went uh, December 13th and 14th and uh, a very short trip and then came back. And then you know, I, I think I told Patrick this story. I said, so I was sitting there on the airplane and there was a lady sitting next to me wearing a mask. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. I'm like, she must have a cold or something, but I get it. It's a small contained area. No big deal. It's the same uh, air flight I was on the plane. With that John. December 2019? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're talking literally three months before yeah. everything yeah. shuts down, but, you know, like one or two months before things start kind of just, I want to say, building up. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, thought it was odd at first, and now, now looking back, I kind of laugh at it because I'm like, I said she probably came. I think Patrick even said maybe she was from the future. <laughs> some foreshadowing. Yeah, it was some foreshadowing. Give <laughs> y'all a message, right? Yeah. I okay. didn't think I didn't think I'd had to spell it out any more than that, but you know, maybe making conversation would have helped. But yeah, I thought that was very interesting, nonetheless. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's something. Yeah. Um, so Chad, have you been watching Loki on Disney Plus? No, but my okay. I know my sons have. They've been telling okay. me about it. My young son, yeah. I say he's twenty, but right, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about it, but we're not going to get. We don't give spoilers anyway. So even if you knew what, if you haven't seen it, you still won't. Like we're not going to ruin anything by anything we talk about. Yeah, because we understand people may not have had time. <clears throat> like my wife hasn't watched it yet, but keeps saying that she needs to. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled, stay off social right. media and all that. Yeah. Cause that's, that's right. That's like yeah. the worst thing to do. Cause I, I know, like with, I think Black Widow, I think I had something yeah. spoiled because I was on Instagram. There was a picture. It was like the first picture. We didn't, didn't really have context, but yeah. And, um, but if I hadn't seen it until the movie, I would have, you know. So I'm just thankful that it, I'm just thankful that that the only thing I think I've ever had spoiled for me has been either the winner of Top Chef or or um, somebody from Mass Singer that's been unmasked and I hadn't had a chance to watch the episode yet. 
And I'm okay with that because really grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal. <laughs> but I'm like, seriously, come on, man. That's on me. I'm yeah. like, you know what? That's really on me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thankfully the, you know, thankfully we, we give a couple of days, you know, a few days and then don't be friends with Patrick on social media. Cause he, I mean, the memes, been... the memes will be flying. I mean, a lot of them you don't, you will not get even unless you've watched it. So that helps. Yeah. yeah sometimes after I post, I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have, but it's been at least three days. I give it yep. three days. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the customary. And I try to give it at least a week. I'm yeah. a little bit more. I'm going to work on it though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so something I saw today, I think it's actually today, today is the 13th anniversary of the dark Knight. 13 years. Wow. Uh, and then, I don't feel like I, it. No, sure doesn't. But 13 years? Yeah, Dark Knight. And I still... I don't know what my problem is <laughs> lately. But like almost everything I watch now, I'm like, I want to see the, see how they can translate this into black and white and how much better this might be. Because I thought that with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that with Gunpowder Milkshake. And, I'm, and then just now I'm thinking Dark Knight. This would have been really awesome in black and white as well as um yeah july 18 um but as well as in color i just think black and white just adds so much depth to yeah. and ad- elevates the suspense more i don't know may i'm just being a bougie film person i don't know but i think you like what you like <laughs> i know it's weird but i mean even with justice league i think it added added a certain element that when originally there. So I think it would be awesome to kind of we need to do if they want to do re-releases of movies, that's how they should do it. It's like here, here's the same movie. You vote kind of like a Disney thing. Hey, we're taking this out of the vault like we normally do except this time it's in black and white. Yeah, I mean, granted for Disney movies, nobody's going to watch that, but that's fine. Yeah, There'll be some, I'm sure. Yeah. Depending on the movie. If they do Lion King, I'm actually going to see Lion King. Yeah. That'll just yeah. make that movie even darker than it, it really is. And then the already was. the original animation. Yeah. The live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mean live airplanes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So real quick, Loki season finale. Um, Loki, spoil male and female um, show up and finally beat the bad guy. And then they talk to trying to find basically uh who the wizard is behind the curtain yeah more or less and then get into some weird existential conversations about things and then finally sylvie's kind of like me when i (laughs) back when i used to do back when i eat back in the good old days when i used to do the whole police thing Mm -hmm. and i would get tired of finally listening to someone talk and talk and i'm trying to reason trying to talk them into doing something and then finally i'm like all right we're obviously not getting anywhere i'm done and then I look to whoever's with me, either the backup officer or my trainee, when I'm finally looking at them going, you know what? I think we're done. <laughs> Let's time to cuff. Let's go. Kind of be about <laughs> like we've, yeah, yeah. We've <laughs> like, we've, we've gone, we've talked circles around this person. I'm done. And it takes a lot for me to get there. Yeah. I felt that so much with this, <laughs> with this, with this scene with, I guess the three of them, the two Loki's in the, uh, Special guest. The, yes, special guest wizard. 
he who should not be named or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> whatever they decide to I forgot where they ended up going with. Um and then finally <laughs> it finally Sylvie's like, you know what? I'm done talking. <laughs> and then there you go. I'm like that's me. Can, <laughs> I was can like kind of remind me of the Matrix too at the end. Yeah. With um Neo talking to the what was the creator. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was more yeah, with all the TVs. Yes. It was more, more entertaining. Yes. Yeah, far more. But um I mean And then the ending's the ending. <laughs> so it's gonna be interesting going forward in MCU. So that's all, that's all I could say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ready for it. Yeah. But um I will say there's a movie that they did reveal in their lineup that the title could have remained a mystery. Yeah. Until this, then they could have done it and it yeah. would have had a little more impact. But you know. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's not like it's not it's not like they're gonna lose people going to the theater to go see it. <laughs> well, that's probably... like I'm surprised I'm surprised with like going back to strange things for it. Robert England, like that would have been a great thing to hold on to to say. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, guess who we have? Robert England. I'm like, the movie's not even like like not or the series not even close to coming out. Yeah, and so it's like that's gonna—I don't know—is that gonna take wind out of the sails? I don't know. It's like expected. Um, I will tell you this though. This is interesting. I sidetracked again. You know, they came out with Stranger Things. They said all these actors, and they named all their names. There's actually the scene I was on last November. I won't say who it is, but Mm -hmm. um, we all had masks on, and we're in this creepy uh, old historic home in Georgia somewhere, and. Uh, guys, I can see this much. Like he looks familiar. To go to shoot the scene, takes the mask off, and I was like, they not, they have not, in, they have not introduced this actor. I think it's kind of a. I'm gonna say it's like maybe a flashback scene. So maybe he's not in all of the stuff. Right. But he's he's somebody fairly big from a, a series on the same network. Okay. As things. Gotcha. And the series begins with an O. That's all I can say. But uh, it was it was very interesting. I was like, oh, I love that guy. I love what like his character on this series that randomly begins with an O. Um, and I was like, oh, I can't believe he's here. And I and I kept looking for them to release his name. Uh, I mean, his or her name. Yeah. And uh, so it, anyway, going back to that, when they came out with Robert England, I was like. But that would be something that's a big yeah. name to hold on, like you know. But anyway, I don't because you know they're trying to get people to watch the show because they don't have enough, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, small little show, a little kind show. Like, it's kind of like Wonder Woman and Batman v Superman. They, yeah, if they had held on to that, even though the movie was what it was, it still would have been yeah. more. Would have been um, more. You just would have been. It would have been yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> you seen, when it comes out. Yeah, when you you yeah. want people talking about it when it comes out, like, oh, did you did you see exactly. Freddy Krueger's in the thing? No, he's not as Freddy Krueger, but like that would have been right. Exactly. Would have been much more sticker value at when it comes out, but you know. Yeah, the word of mouth. It's, it's like we watched this. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, go check it out. Exactly. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So, without giving any more away from the MCU. I guess the uh, what if shows come out the eleventh, yeah. and then I, I guess Hawkeye. As far as the show, I think that would be the next one after that. Yeah, so it's what if, and then 
Hawkeye, and then I think after that the movies kick in. Yeah. I think I don't know when Hawkeye comes out, but I know at least uh and again if you uh if you haven't watched Black Widow, be sure um to wait because there is a post credit scene. Um so be sure to either stick around if you see it in theater or be sure to uh, fast forward to the end if you're watching on Disney plus and uh, stay tuned for those, for that post credit scene. And I'm looking and there is no release date yet for Hawkeye. So try to figure that out. All right. We ready to get into it. Now, Chad, you said you didn't see space jam. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. All right. Now it's called Space Jam, a new joint. Is that what I get? Yeah, what yeah. It's, it's a Spike Lee one. That's right. Okay. Because <laughs> no, I, I kept calling it Space I Jam 2. I, I call it Space Jam. Jam. Yeah, it's yeah. a new legacy, I guess. I'll get in trouble. That's all right. Space Jam and new legacy. I would okay. have I would have definitely paid more attention if it was Space Jam, a new joint. Being, <laughs> and Spike Lee directed it. I just That just came out. I don't know why. Well, there is a, a Lee that directs it, just not yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Patrick, go you go ahead. All right. So this this uh was released July 16th. Uh runtime of an hour and fifty-five minutes, and uh the director is Malcolm D. Lee, starring LeBron James, uh Don Cheadle, uh Chris Davis, <clears throat> Sonequa Martin Green. From Walking Dead or Star Trek Discovery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got um and um she's playing it, LeBron James fictional wife because yes. LeBron is basically playing a fictionalized version of himself. I wouldn't um, know. I don't know much about LeBron. I don't either. But I I figure I'd say that because that's kind of how I looked at it because I don't know. That's just how it was in some of the reviews. Like it's just fictional, fictional LeBron, basically with his fictional son, his fictional wife, and everything else. But I was like, why? Why not just have his real, real family? I don't yeah. know. They're like, now nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the writing on the contract. Nope, we're good. <laughs> and then uh, Zendaya pres- providing a voice for Lola Bunny, and then uh, Cedric Joe Joe playing Dom, Dom James, LeBron's son, fictional or otherwise. Uh, there's some voice actors. We have uh, Jeff Bergman uh, for Bugs Bunny, Sylvester, Sammy Sam, Fred Flintstone, you know. Um, uh, Eric Rouser for Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, and a couple others. But um, as far as what this movie's about, it's a, a rogue artificial intelligence kidnaps the son of famed basketball player LeBron James, who then has to work with Bugs Bunny to win a basketball game. Which is a little different. So I started thinking about the original Space Jam, how it was more, unless you have these aliens come to the tunes, challenge them to basketball, and they need help. So they reach out and get Michael Jordan. This is a little reverse where yeah. LeBron is pulled into cyberspace. The big bad is kidnapped. His, well, not really kidnapped his son, but kidnapped his son, but not really. And, um, basically challenge him to a game, but he has to pick, you know, he has to put together a team. And, um, you know, so before that we see the home life where LeBron has an older son, 
middle son, Dom, and then he has a daughter. But he's trying to get Dom to take basketball more serious, but he wants to build video games, make his own video games, yeah. which which is actually basketball. you know. So it's like, yeah, he's still doing basketball-related things, but it's not playing. He's, he's making a new version of NBA Jams is what he's yeah. making. Yeah. Yeah. Either that, that and Arch Rivals and whatever right. arcade-type basketball games you've played, it's pretty much that. Uh, NBA Showtime, um, just a few others. But um, they even show like a little flashback of LeBron in high school where he's he's playing Game Boy. What year was that? That was like, what, 19? That's in 1998 is what it said on there. But no, nah, game... I mean, I mean, it was still right. there. It was, it, yeah. I think, I think it, was still, it, it was still big. It was still like relevant. I don't think it quite got discontinued then. But, nah, um, it, they had color ones by then, though. Yeah. I think the Game Boy <laughs> Advance might have been out there. Yeah. That's what my kids had. Exactly. I mean, um, I've got my OG one around here somewhere. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but so he's supposed to be getting ready for the game. He's sitting there playing his Game Boy. And his coach is like, get your head in the game. Start playing that, playing the Game Boy. And so, you know, this isn't, um, I guess, quote unquote, goat LeBron that we have now. So it's the end of the game. Coach is like, give the ball to LeBron, tells him to shoot. He does, but he misses. So the team loses. And, you know, coach afterwards is talking to him. He's like, it's not so much about us losing the game. It's the fact that you weren't preparing yourself. You got to be prepared even before you step on the court instead of playing the games. And so that translates to later adult LeBron with his son, who's, building video games and he wants him to focus more on basketball. He has an older son that does play basketball is pretty much in line with LeBron and how he takes, takes it serious. But his son Dom is more into creating and um, he's not wanting to do that. You know, he's not wanting to actually play, but uh, I guess you can say this version of LeBron is kind of a bit of a dick. <laughs> Just say that. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't know LeBron, but I know, like, because everybody knows I'm, you know, either been, I, there's basically been three basketball players that I've really been a huge fan of. One was, one was David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Second one was, I guess, Tim Duncan by way of David Robinson and then yeah. Dirk. Those are my three. And I'm kind of liking Luca now that Dirk is retired because he's kind of pulled the he's kind of pulled Thank the uh, yeah he's kind of pulled the Tim Duncan of the Mavericks so I'm just going with that yeah and so but yeah so I'm like LeBron's never really been on the radar for me and not really one I've cared about which it's not a knock on his talents just not one I've really paid attention to to care to know what he's like personally yeah um, yeah but. Not saying that he's, you know, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or that it's saying knock against him. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that this really is different from how he really is. But at the same time, I could kind of guess, hey, this is probably not how he is because <laughs> this is probably not how he is because this acting seems very stifled. And, um, yeah, yeah not how a normal person would probably talk or at least emote when giving lines. So that's why I was like, I don't think this is really him. <laughs> no, cause if it was, it'd be more natural and that nothing, nothing he says is, is natural. Doesn't no, it, it seems it. forced, I guess. almost. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, I mean, it's like, he's trying 
to not, you know, he's got a script and he's he's trying to do the script, but it's not naturally him. So it's kind of come across that way. I'm glad you brought up script, by the way. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> so I think we can all, and I, I know our audience is pretty smart. We all know that every good script has one, maybe two writers tops every good one every great one probably only has one but my, with a ton of bit with a ton of different uh rewrites however if your final script <laughs> has six s-i-x six screenwriters that's not good for anybody because that's not even including the people that have done punch-ups for jokes and various different things. Yeah. It has five people credited as under the, just the story by that means that five people had to come up with this story for this movie. That one person or two couldn't come, couldn't possibly have conceived. They needed five. <laughs> That's yeah. I saw that in the opening credits. I'm like, Oh dear God, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I didn't even pay attention to that. Because when uh, you mentioned it, I was like, oh, that oh, makes sense. <laughs> oh, it's... Don't ask me why that's... That, like, screen... I'm like, why are there so many names? One, two, three, four, five. You think they just feel the, the feel the pressure to do the follow-up and how big, big and, and legendary that movie was? This is the pressure. Like, okay, we got to get everybody in on this. We got to... All the ideas we can use. I'm like... Mm. Well, that could <laughs> so just here's be the different people that had input. Like, maybe it started with one and... The next person added their flair, but they wanted to give everybody credit. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Now, Chad, to your point, I would agree with you. If this movie, if the original had come out two, maybe three years ago, I would even, I'll even give it the benefit of the doubt and say if it came out five years ago. This movie, the original movie came out 25 years ago. This movie came out the same year I graduated high school. So my high school diploma and the original Space Jam are the same age. <laughs> so no, five or yeah. five people on a story by and six people writing the script and that they're being pressure should not be the excuse they should be going with. Yeah, it should be. We just couldn't hire. We couldn't find anybody to want to write this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You know, we want to try and follow it up. Yeah. I mean, like. If you think we this is a good idea, we should try this out. Maybe I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what they could have done better with this movie, other than not have Don Cheadle play this villain. I mean, and I'm with you, Patrick. No, I'm with you. Patrick texted me and said he had to have had a contractual obligation to be in this movie. Because I'm thinking. He has that other movie, uh, No Sudden Move, which I hadn't watched yet. Me either. I'm going to this week. And I figured that him doing that movie, they're like, hey, you know, you're doing this, but help us out with this with this one right here also. And we'll we'll make sure this gets on the stream and whatever. Some kind of somehow maybe it's tied into it. Because we're yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seemed like he tries, but then sometimes it seemed like he doesn't. 
there's some moments where you're just like i'm just here i'm just i'm just here i'm dialing it in it's <laughs> fine it's whatever i'll be extra okay i was hoping he would have kind of kind of um zoned into his captain planet persona just yes. cleaned it up for kids but just kind of went there like but he didn't <laughs> yeah um so i do have some notes um but yes um they get braun and his son get sucked into the have we have we even made it that far into this in the no, movie? No, not yet. Not yet. Oh shit! All right. <laughs> Basically, Bron goes to Warner Brothers to. Uh, they are trying to pitch to him to be a part of the Warner Brothers universe. Universe, I guess. And the <clears throat> Don Cheeto basically plays the embodiment of of a uh, of an algorithm. <laughs> name is algae 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 yeah. jesus christ um <laughs> algae rhythm algae. right there we, right there we should have dropped the five writers oh uh, <laughs> yeah algae rhythm all right so now okay i want to get sidetracked for a minute because i want to tell the best dad joke i've come up with in god knows how long and i laughed about it so hard I, knowing full well it's a horrible joke, but it's definitely one of the best one I've come up with. <laughs> so York comes up to me and says, it's like, remember in third grade, they like banned uh, mechanical pencils? I said, no, I don't remember that at all. That's been like two years, man. No, why would I remember that? It's like, yeah, I just don't understand why they, uh, why, why they banned mechanical pencils. I said, I said, ooh, I said maybe it's because they got in too many graphites. <laughs> and I shouldn't be laughing so hard at that one because it's so terrible. <laughs> but then when I picture it, and then I picture York's face, <laughs> just like, dear God, it. You would have thought I explained to him where babies come from for the first time. And just this look of terror on his face. <laughs> I said, and I did. I was like in tears laughing so hard at that dumb, dumb joke. Uh, oh, man. No, it's terrible. It's it's horrible. But I, from but, dad. oh, my God, it was. I, dad it, I mean, it was like that. I mean, uh, Man. All right, so getting back to algae. Um, <laughs> Jesus, can't even do that with straight face. Um, he uh, he basically decides he's going to become king, and that uh, he's tired of being overlooked as an algorithm. Um, in that, so he decides to get LeBron because he's like the king in air quotes of everything of basketball of. Um, social activism and you know being everywhere and being like international fame so for various different things and so he's like all right we'll get him and this will be the thing that gets me finally noticed whatever so he gets basically lebron to come in for a pitch meeting that the algorithm came up with yes and i honestly the text you sent me before I even saw this movie makes so much more sense. And it's like a hundred percent on point. 
Patrick said that Space Jam is basically an ad for HBO Max. And I'm like, pretty much. <laughs> I never, I'm like, like, yeah, well, I guess we'll find it. I guess we'll see tonight. And then this movie, <laughs> and then this kicked in. And I'm like, oh, mother of God, he's like 100% spot on with this. So it puts LeBron in every sort of Warner Brothers property that you didn't even realize was a Warner Brothers property. I mean, we all knew Harry Potter and Batman and all the DC stuff. But he also put him in The Matrix, which I forgot. And um, what else? Harry Potter put him in that. Put him in Batman. And then put him in something else. And then obviously Looney Tunes. Yeah. But they just very serving. It's like, you know what? I'm a ball player. This isn't for me. Um, You should get like an actor. (laughs) But, you know, all I know is, you know, playing basketball. And that's all I really want to do. But I appreciate your time. So, you know, cameo by Sarah Silverman and uh, Stephen Yoon. So that was nice. And then, you know, they leave. But then, uh, I guess they get off on the, you know, the elevator takes them the wrong floor. They go to the server. They get sucked into the server somehow. Magic, I guess. Warner Brothers magic. Swish and flick. So. And Guardian <laughs> of the Osar. I don't know. Um, and they wind up inside the Warner Brothers server verse. Server verse. Yeah. yeah. Server verse. And yeah. Take it to cyberspace. Pretty much. But just for Warner Brothers properties. Yeah. Yeah. So LeBron becomes a cartoon, makes the Kevin Hart joke that's in the trailer, which why you would put that in the trailer, because it's one of your better jokes in the movie. I have yet to figure out. That's that's how the that's how trailers are working now. We gotta put some of the good stuff so people so adults will wanna go and take their kids to see it in theaters and not watching on HBO max. Like everybody like us. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure out like, I, I'm still trying to like, I literally, my very first bullet point is what is this movie other than a movie that's at least 20 years too late, 15 years at best. Um, I get they're trying to get they're trying to get the people that are nostalgic for the original that are now grown ups that grew up with it. I was too had a, you know was too old for it more or less. I wasn't their target demographic. They are now this movie is now my kids' target demographic. Um, of course, we we went ahead and answered the second one, which is why is Don Cheadle in this movie? So I could check that off. <laughs> Um, we still have yet to figure out why there are six writers and five on the story by then, um, still curious why after 25 years since the original, they decided to, that this needed to be made other than, I guess, to capitalize on nostalgia. Um, uh, the rest of the stuff kind of gets some more towards, (laughs) towards the end, but I still am trying to figure out why LeBron was more excited to see Bugs Bunny than he was terrified that he had been turned into a cartoon. Uh, I yeah. That. Bugs? Oh, well, man, I'm so happy to see you. I'm like, 
unless you're unless you're telling me how not to be a cartoon anymore, <laughs> I'm not and excited. I'm terrified. As a kid, he did have a Looney Tunes backpack, so maybe that that was his his thing growing. Bruh. Okay, Patrick. It's almost like he's it's almost like he's been there before. Patrick. Yeah. You and I know my love for Batman. Yeah. Yeah. If I would have been sucked into the Warner <laughs> serververse and placed into Gotham City and seen Batman, I would not be happy to see him. I would still be terrified because I am in Gotham City where there's a real Batman. <laughs> I mean, that's Gotham City. <laughs> but I love Batman. So still I should City. still be. It, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's not the best example, but I'm trying to give you another Warner Brothers property where I should be excited because it's something I've grown up with. Yeah. Okay. Random, random. Who's your favorite? Who's your best Batman? Who's the one? Yours. Well, Keaton, obviously. Yeah, Keaton. Meanwhile, back on Space Jam World. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Still in the Looney Tunes. Yep. Okay. So yeah, they're so he meets bugs and is not terrified, but excited to see him. And then he takes him everywhere. And then talks about he has how he has to get a team. And Bugs sees this as a redemption. Well, not really redemption, just a way to relive the good old days because they all split up because there was some. I forgot they went to different places when the server came around or something like that. They basically didn't want to work with him and yeah. force him to split. Yeah. And he's the only one that's bugs is the only one to stay. So so he has to go back and get the troops together and then play a game of basketball. Yeah. Through various different properties. Yeah. <laughs> so they so meanwhile, you know, Al G is trying to warm up the Dom and get him to be like, hey. Your game's the best, you know. You know your dad should have paid more attention. Blah blah blah. Basically, trying to turn him against his family because yeah. you know it's not it's not a it's not a summer blockbuster unless you're turning your back on family. Yeah. <laughs> and your name's yeah. Dom. I, yeah. <laughs> folks, these jokes write themselves. I looked at York and said, "I said, I said, Duder." He's like, "What?" I said, "I said, look, Dom's turning his back on family." <laughs> just he's like, oh my god, that's like four movies in a row, Dad. I said, tell me about it. I noticed uh, that's been a theme here lately. It's been, it is family. family. Can't turn your back on family. Uh, even when they do. <laughs> yep. Even when they do. So weird. I don't know how that works now. Uh, it's, it's a, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That franchise found out a formula, and now everybody's stealing it. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, so they play their – so they into the basketball game they end up playing is the one that Dom had been working on on his phone, all that, and developing. And so LeBron's not used to having to play with basically like NBA Jam rules. And now he still went the Winnie Tunes to play, by the way. He normally plays basketball, and that obviously is not working out for him. And – uh the best joke happens at halftime. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That cameo. Cameo at halftime is basically why I was like, 
I was like, okay, that's the best thing that's happened in this movie. Yeah, I was, <coughs> I was watching it like late. It was like late. It's like yeah, two some in the morning. Oof. When that happened, I was like, all right, I give him that one. <laughs> that was good. So and then, and then I had to explain to everybody in the house who that was, and where they know them from. Ah, uh, yeah. And then o- older Warner Brothers character. Not a Warner Brothers character, just an actor. That's the actor that appears. Yeah, or actress, the person that is acting in this scene. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> for the cameo that arrives in the scene, um, is just funny. And then, uh, and then I'm like, oh, and that was just it. They're not gonna stay. Oh, well, now I lost interest again. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, like they might brought as well them, just might as well just brought them in a gag. Just brought them in for a gag. Well, we. <laughs> All right, well, breathe the moment of life into the film. Yeah, thank God. For a moment, <laughs> gotta wait. The, here, let's wait. Here, let's wake the adults up. <laughs> it's like I know that guy. Yeah, let's give them their Leonardo, Leonardo moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, no. So, this while they're playing this basketball game, the entire time I'm not even watching what's going on with the main actors whether they be whether they are actual actors or animated also the animation changes it's not cartoon it's i guess cgi cgi it almost looks claymation but it's not but it almost looks that way that's how odd the animation kind of makes the characters look at least to me so i found it humorous that uh while this is going on all i see are the people in the background that basically they pulled for audience members. They pulled everyone from all the other Warner brothers properties. Um, or variants. I, it's they're <laughs> exactly. There you go. To borrow a Loki phrase. They are variants. They are basically, I don't know if it's like a ready player. One thing where you're like, Oh, look, there's, Ooh, look, there's, but there's the only, there's only one problem with that. While you're going, Ooh, look, there is, and then naming off whoever it is, it's pulling your attention away from what's actually going on in the scene. Yeah. So, if it were they were to introduce those characters like one by one as they're being pulled in to watch the watch this game, cool because you've introduced them and you realize they're just going to be there to watch, so they're just going to be in the background. Yeah. But they don't do that; they just show up. A couple of them you kind of because they're so large, like Kong and Iron Giant kind of hard to miss when they first come in. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I kind of like it, what they're doing here. Because those are computer animated that fits in with this environment with everything being digital and CGI and animated. But then you have your, I wouldn't say foreground background actors. They're in the foreground because you can see them and they're not blurry and they're not uh, background enough that you... They're just, you know, they're just part of the scene. Yeah, they don't blend in. They don't blend. They stick out like, I, I don't know. I don't have a good analogy. They stick out. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because I didn't, I didn't really notice it the first time because I wasn't yeah. paying attention to a lot of things. So when you send me the uh, screenshots, I was like, oh. So when I went back and watched it today, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, okay. 
I, I think I checked out at some point. It just yeah. Background. So I didn't notice it the first time. So yeah. what I brought to Patrick's attention was when I was watching this the first time, to me, it stuck out and it was actually kind of distracting for me. These background actors are dressed as Warner Brothers property characters. So you have some guy dressed as the penguin that, uh, or Oswald Cobblepot from Batman Returns. So someone's dressed as the Danny DeVito penguin right there up front, like got Jack Nicholson seats at a Lakers game. He's that close. <laughs> yep. You got someone dressed as the Schwarzenegger of Mr. Freeze, which at first I didn't know if it was Mr. Freeze or if it was one of those dudes, White Walkers from the walking from uh, Game of Thrones. Same. Until we saw the Game of Thrones characters with the Night what Night Walker Night I don't know the King dude I don't know. Oh, uh, it's been too long. Anyways, Walker. yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. King White Walker. <laughs> there we go. And then. Pennywise shows up from the new It series, not even the Tim Curry one. Um, that one's there, and they're like all cheering for the Goon Squad. And then you see, like, it looked like 66 Batman and Robin. It like, it looked like Adam Westbrook Ward Batman and Robin costumes. Yeah. And you see Batman and Robin there, and then you see some of these others. You see uh, the Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. Plus one of the flying monkeys. I'm like, wow, literally, er, you know, you know what I was waiting for? I was waiting for Annabelle. I was like, there, Annabelle's going to be here somewhere. I saw the nun. <laughs> I saw the nun too. That's why I was like, oh, Annabelle's creeping around here somewhere. Then I was looking for I the said, Warrens. I'm like, I don't see them. I don't see them either. Yeah. But I also didn't see any Harry Potters. I didn't see any, any of that, but I saw Scooby-Doo in the background. Um, and a lot of those, like Hanna Barbera characters in the back. Yeah. But I didn't see, but yeah, I'm like, why wouldn't they just CGI everybody? They could have. They could have just, just like they do in video games. You have yeah. like, just repeat same people all the way around and maybe yeah. sprinkle in, because then they had to fill in with just random people who are watching on their phone. And I'm like, how do you? I, I I don't know how he did it. Like he's this is a server, but yeah, he's got powers out into the world. I'm like, why is he worrying about all this? He can if he can do what he did. Why is he just settled for this server when he can pull yeah. people? I, mean, I don't know, but I, I I'm starting to think about this now. We're think we're put and granted, we understand. Patrick and it's, I both understand this movie was not made for him and I, him no. or I. This movie was made for my kids, maybe his teenage daughter. Maybe. I said maybe. She hasn't, she hasn't mentioned it, so. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we recognize that this movie was not made for us, but that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it anyways. We realize, like, my daughter has now watched this twice, which means I have now watched this twice, which is how I got the screenshots and sent them to him. <laughs> um, my son has watched it once and thought it was, Said so he actually liked it, which I was pleasantly surprised with because I didn't think he'd like it at all. Um, so 10-year-old gives it a thumbs up. Six-year-old gives it a thumbs up. We have issues, but that's because we watch other movies, and that's what we're supposed to do is find the good things as well as the bad things in this film. 
I just didn't think it's other than the fact I didn't think this movie was necessary. Yeah. I didn't. Yes, there's a character arc ish ish with LeBron and his son. I get that. They finally get a connection. They finally bond. But there's no character arc for the animated figures for Bugs and the Looney Tunes, which you were kind of hoping for because it's also their story, not just LeBron's. Yeah. And I felt that that was kind of missing a little bit. I guess getting the gang back together was it, but it's not like they, it's not like they were beat, but it's not like they were beefing with each other. Right. After not seeing each other outside of this basketball game, there's like no other real purpose given for them coming together. Like it wasn't like a party or celebration. Like, Oh man, it's been however long it's been. How you been? It's just getting everybody together. We're going to practice for like two minutes and then it starts. (laughs) But um, pretty much, I mean, I, w- I will say the second time I watched it, I was able to have more fun with it. But I guess maybe for the not the reasons they may have wanted you to. But once it got to the actual what they call basketball to start, I was having more fun with it the second time around than the first time because I just kind of let go. Yeah. But um, there. Yeah, I just don't want to say nothing. That'd be spoiler. Yeah. But um. Can I can I interject? Please do. The original Always. had an amazing soundtrack. How's the soundtrack on this one? <laughs> this one. You know, soundtrack. we had Seal, Kissed by a Rose. We had. That was on was this one, one too. No, that's Batman yeah. Forever. There, oh, sorry, going back, going back to Batman. That's I believe I can fly by R. Kelly. That's good. Yeah. That's before nothing, he was peeing on kids. But there was nothing really that stood out. Twenty-five years. Yeah. Nothing that there was nothing that stood out. I mean, it might be something that that some of the generation today may like, but there was nothing that I feel would be like universally appealing to everybody, music wise. Because I don't remember, really remember anything. I think they had one old school song at the beginning when he, they showed Young LeBron, but that's that about it. Good. I just remember Space Jam original soundtrack been doing really well. Yeah, yeah. Sold a lot of CDs. Remember those? Oh yeah, I still uh, got mine. I still listen too. <laughs> um, I haven't quite gotten digital. I listen sometimes, but I still have my old CDs in the CD case. I'll just listen to some today while I was out. So I, I got them in my car, and I, yep. I rather hear I rather hear CD quality in my car than a streaming in my car. It's self impressed. Yes. yes, that's that's the big thing about like if I get another car, it has to have a like. There's some cars that don't have CD players in it. If it doesn't, I don't want it because I still like. Put popping the CD in, and um, and then going back to the original Space Jam, like even then, you know, you're not expecting Michael Jordan to be a Oscar performing actor, which you know, wasn't expecting that with LeBron either. But um, it just seemed like they had more. I guess there was more of a character art to the tunes in that one, for from what I remember. But um, I don't know. Like okay. There's one thing in this in this new one. I don't think it's really a spoiler. It's just so you know, Dom created this game. So the algorithm's like, hey, put you in it. And you know how like you have these uh creative players where you can put your stats a certain way. You know, like people would be realistic and do like 75%, 60%. It's like, man, just go ahead and max it out. 
Yeah. And I'm just thinking they never, they didn't really exploit that maxed out stuff. Like, because uh, I, I would think you would take advantage of that. The max stats. Right. You would think. So I was like, there was no purpose of showing that. Unless you're having it reflect in the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he didn't. But, but, um, you remember the old on MTV when you used to have celebrities play basketball where they had like hot spots, where, like you shoot yeah. from here, it's like three points, or shoot here, it's like 10. That's kind of like what they did with this. So it reminded me of that as well. You can have get um, style points, kind of like a dunk contest, I guess, and um, get points based on that. So that was, that was kind of LeBron's kind of adjustment there. It's like, oh, this is video game logic, not real fundamentals which he kept saying it's all about fundamentals it's like no not now nope <laughs> i think the theme here is just learn how to have fun <laughs> yes have fun uh, so <laughs> uh, so are you ready for this one i'm about to drop it drop a bomb on you here justin Wynn left the movie to direct both f9 <laughs> In the Fast and Furious 10 movie. So he's supposed to be the director? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. And there you go. There you go, Dom. <laughs> uh, I, wonder if they, I wonder if they changed the name of LeBron's son to Dom because of that. That could be. I don't know, but that's... <laughs> I just read that and I about fell out of my chair. Uh, so I only have a couple more thoughts and then I'm, I'm done with this one. Yes. So at the end, you know, LeBron's back where he's back in the real world, blah, blah, blah. And then Bugs Bunny appears in the real world. How did Bugs Bunny escape the server verse? Is my first question. Okay. Oh, and brought his friends. Yeah. How? For one. Two. If that's possible and he was able to escape the serververse and bring his friends, does that mean that any Warner Brothers property can escape into the real world now? Hmm. I think something that happened at the end that may have made that possible. Maybe. Maybe. But. Uh. We may have our own multiverse in the WB now. <laughs> Way to go, Bugs. Oh Lord, or, we had that. <laughs> Bugs Bunny in the Multiverse of Madness. So he, he created an event, a Nexus event. <laughs> yep. So now we're gonna have we're gonna have Batman fighting fighting Annabelle and <laughs> Oh Lord. Annabelle and Pennywise team up. Yep. Lord help us to fight Harry Potter and Neo. <laughs> and I just got the shiver from Chad. That's what all I needed. <laughs> and with that, I bid you adieu for Space Jam to a new legacy. Uh, Chad, what have you watched lately? Um, I did mention this earlier, but I watched the the Zappa documentary about oh, okay. Frank Zappa. Yeah. That was it's on HBO Max and other things, I believe. Um, I had never seen a full Zappa documentary before. You know, his music is so it's a such a some of it's such an acquired taste. Some of it is a lot of fun and easy to get onto. Some of it's like whoa, 
And uh, I'm, I, 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 it was just really done well and told me a lot of the things that I didn't know. Uh, and that was, that was fantastic. Um, but I've really been into, uh, and it's already finished, but catching up on Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Um, it's, wow. I, my, my friend already watched everything and didn't tell me anything about it. And I, I, I left off season one and I didn't even watch most of season two. Watch the like the YouTube recap of the guy talking about it. And now I'm <laughs> I'm into the end of season three. I don't know how four or five turns out. I'm sure you guys already know, but I'm I'm like gaining some momentum and every really, really loving it. I'm just full into it right now. Awesome. I'm through season three, I think. I don't even know. I kind of lost yeah. track. And then other stuff. Yeah. So one of season one. So I'm like <laughs> way behind. I'm way behind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I put it down for a bit for whatever reason and got busy and whatever. And then I was like, I need, and I went back and I was like, oh, it's getting good. So yeah. good, good, good motion happening and good things. And uh, although there is, there is one in season three that I, I just finished was basically the main character. She spends the whole episode in the hospital praying for the other yeah. uh, woman. And uh, that one was hard for me to get through. Yeah. It is like the same shot on her, like the entire episode. And, uh, but she's an incredible actress. So the, yes. with her face expresses everything she does. It's, uh, I don't know if she's won an award yet, but she probably will, I imagine, if she hasn't already. Uh, I want to say she's either won an Emmy or a Golden Globe or both. I'm not sure which. Yeah. Completely blanked on Elizabeth Moss's name. If you like her, in this did you ever see the uh the invisible man no okay how i recommend that uh might be on someone the streaming so i can't remember which patrick and i were both pleasantly surprised with that movie and she was phenomenal uh acting in that so yeah it just came out a couple years ago right uh last year yeah feels oh, like a couple year. years yeah. yeah like i think i saw that in theater right before lockdown <laughs> like it was a yeah, it was one of the Jan- last. Uh, yeah, one of those January, February ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, we definitely both recommend that one. I even made my wife watch it and she's like, yeah, I don't know if I like it as much as you did. I was like, well, I can understand why. And even though it's not, not a great movie, The the Kitchen. Yes. Um, yeah. Her performance in that is, is pretty good, even though. Well, that's. Overall. Well, and that's kind of like one of those things like we were talking about um, before we recorded about how we can always find, if we don't like the movie itself, we can always find something good in it. And that's for that movie uh, specifically, the acting in it by all the actresses in it was actually really good. It's just something was missing in the story or the, well. I, I just think they should have focused more on her character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so. That's another good one to check out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you been watching anything else, Chad? Anything else you want to talk about? That's that's really the most of it. Um, been busy this summer, like I said, traveling yeah. around. And, uh, uh, yeah, head first into Handmaid's Tale. Going to watch some when we're done tonight, for sure. So okay. Before I can get tonight. But uh, it's been a nice, nice uh, escapism. It's not, it's, you know, you think about, I'm going to relax tonight and watch The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> you know, right. There's a level of uncomfortableness in every episode, but but you know 
at some point, the main actress is going to get hers. I mean, she's going to get some type of revenge. I don't know what's coming. Um, something's coming. And I'm hoping it's going to be big. And uh, that's what this, you know, everything's just starting to build up towards. Uh, because, gosh, she's been through hell. They've all been through hell. Oh, my God. So, uh, and, you know, as, as a side note, my friends and I were talking today. It's like, let's just go out in regular, like, the restaurant and just use all those those greetings that they use, like, praise be. <laughs> when the waiter comes up, under his eye. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. I want to see what happens, you know. <laughs> Chick-fil-A already does that when they say my pleasure. So I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's true. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. No, you didn't yeah. have to do that. My pleasure. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all been indoctrinated. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Chick-fil-A indoctrination. Yeah. But yeah, it's a short list there. But cool. No, that's awesome. Um, and before that, I watched the hotel hotel Cecil Netflix thing like everybody else did. So yeah, and it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Very fascinating story. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't know anything. I had heard about it and it sounded interesting. But then I watched that documentary. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> I said, this, yeah. is very, this is very, yeah, of its time for sure. <laughs> and all the, and all the web detectives that jumped in, right? Yeah. The, it was wild. It is very wild. Uh, all right, Patrick, you want to go with your next one? All right. <clears throat> so this is the I didn't get the chance to watch the purge, so that's when I had to leave off for this week. Oh, okay. So I went to see Escape Room earlier today. Tournament of Champions. All right. Um, this was also released on the 16th. Has a running time of an hour and 28 minutes, so it's pretty good sweet spot. Yep. Uh directed by Adam Robotel. And you have uh, Taylor Russell and Logan Miller reprising their role of uh, Zoe and Ben. And then we're adding Deborah Ann Wolf, uh, Thomas Cockerell, uh, Holland Roden, India Moore, and Carlito Olivero. And this movie follows six people who unwittingly find themselves locked in another series of escape rooms and slowly uncovering what they have in common to survive. So... Basically, the last escape room, Zoe and Ben survived. And at the end, they kind of, they, they, they wanted to, they made a point to try to find the creators of this to make sure that they pay for right. the chaos they created. But uh, Zoe, meantime, is in therapy because she still remembers everything that happened. She's nightmares and basically just sees everything like it happened yesterday. Okay. And her therapist doesn't believe her, but the therapist is like, it's not about me believing you. It's about helping you. So she's like, you know, um, Zoe has this fear of flying. And so our therapist is like, maybe taking that flight will help you conquer that fear. It'll get you kind of on the right step to having peace with all the stuff that happened. Um, Zoe and Ben have decided to take a road trip instead of flying to New York, try to find the, the home base for the creator of these escape rooms that people end up dying in. And so they do a road trip. They take a little side quest to a hotel to sleep off. And then Ben has a nightmare that reminded me of the first Resident Evil when um, Jill gets trapped in a room and it's like the 
ceiling's about to crash on her. Okay. And I just started thinking of Jill Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they finally make it to New York. And from coordinates they have, they find this warehouse. But it's different. The picture okay. that Zoe has, it shows like delivery trucks and people like working. But when they get there, it's all, you know, it's condemned. It's run down. It's like there's nothing, you know, it doesn't look like it's even in business. So they break they break in through the gate, which is conveniently open, and they run into this homeless guy. Uh, they get distracted because their car alarm goes off and he steals a locket or a necklace that Zoe has. You know, and instead of being smart because this is New York and letting them go, they chase him. Gotcha. And this this foot chase leads him down to the subway, and they chase him onto the subway. He gets off as the doors close and they're locked. They're they're stuck on the subway now. And it's just so conveniently, there's only four of the people on this particular car they're in. And as you see in the trailer, this is kind of how this all starts. So train takes off. Zoe's looking out one of the cars and she notices every car ahead of them has is full of people. You know, so, you know, just like normal New York subway. But then it disconnects and then they get sent on another track. And this is pretty much starts the whole escape room from starting with the train. Okay. And then from there, it's just a series of other rooms. You find out that these people here are also people that survived other escape rooms. And they even say the name of the type, like, oh, is this a tournament of champions type deal? You know, it's like roll credits. <laughs> um, but then Not from there, just be- <laughs> right, said the thing. Um, but then from there, it just becomes about them figuring out each puzzle course not everybody survives and it's it's a lot of ridiculousness a lot of dumb it's it's more like just like mindless fun like turn your brain off kind of like what we do with fast nine fast and fierce movies you just sit back and have fun it's not really a strong story to it no real character development it's just if you like the first one which i thought was enjoyable this will be enjoyable kind of just put on the background or watch with a group of friends right um it's kind of hard to talk about without spoiling things, but it reminded me of like Saw, only not gruesome because I, I think this is PG thirteen, so it's not okay. a lot of. So it's pretty, it's pretty safe. I think anybody can watch it. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's not. I didn't even really find it scary. I would think like if if my daughter was ten or younger, I wouldn't have a problem with her watching it. Okay, <laughs> but if um, she wanted to, <laughs> yeah, if she wanted to. Um, I just thought it was fun. Like when it first started off, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. I may have wasted my, my time coming in, but it just gradually picked up and some of the traps and things they had to do to get to escape. Each one was, was pretty interesting. Okay. Do you find out who actually has enough money to in time to set up these elaborate rooms or yeah. things? No. But, I mean, about, I this... say by the end of this, you still don't know who's really running the show is it really just bruce wayne trying to f- find out how to pick out a new robin and this is just a sick demented kind of game he's playing i think he'd have his lady robin here in zoe because she's she's pretty smart okay <laughs> all right i was wondering because that's the entire time watching the trailer i'm like who has this kind of time and money to set right. this sort of thing up in the kind of clout where nobody else will know about this Right, and then like, the therapist <laughs> does some very does some, some foreshadowing. Yeah. And by the time you get to the end of it, I was like, 
oh, so that was the purpose of all this. Cause I actually play it out exactly. Yeah. Cause she's, there's just, but um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I have fun with it. It's not, you know, it's not like a great movie, but it's, yeah, it yeah. Was fun. it's, it was fun. yeah. Okay. It was probably the most fun I had this week with what I've watched. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. There you go. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. All right. Um, so I watched this last week and I was holding off watching it this week. It's just funny that Chad brought it up <laughs> during one of our uh, getting me sidetracked conversations. <laughs> I watched uh, Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 animated movie. The runtime of one hour, 25 minutes. Uh, it's available to rent or purchase on, you know, on your Amazon or uh, iTunes. And you got to think you can get it. It's not, haven't been able to find it in a store yet. So I don't think it's available in store yet. So available digital rent or purchase. This follows Batman and one of my absolute favorite storylines of Batman in the trade, which I should have brought from the other room in here. Um, but there, this movie split into two parts. I'm not sure when part two is being released, which kind of sucks, but, uh, I, I would have been very apprehensive about wanting to watch it because they've been really Warner brothers animation has been really hit or miss on the DC animated stuff lately. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want to purchase another one that I'm going to be disappointed in. I'll allow the killing joke. Uh, one of the most iconic storylines and they found a way to kind of not make it good. So yeah, I was kind of hesitant watching it because it's one of my favorite ones that I didn't want to be disappointed. Like I have been recently good news. I was not. So basically, Batman investigates a murder spree that takes place on holidays with a killer that just is going around taking out various people of the mob, both Falcone and uh, Maroni organizations. And they only these murders only occur on holidays. Hence, the killer's name is just called referred to as Holiday. Okay. Batman. One of the reasons why I love this is because it really does utilize Batman's detective tech skills, which has not been utilized in the movies, at least from what I understand. The Pattinson Batman movie is supposed to really explore his detective uh, knowledge and investigative techniques and everything. So I'm very much looking forward to that because I've always felt that that was the one thing that was missing from all the movies. Because he's, I mean, if you're going to have the nickname the detective, maybe I don't know, have him detect. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Like, they literally have an entire run of comics called Detective Comics that only has Batman. Um, but this, this storyline really shows that. It shows, it's basically a whodunit. All these people are dying, and Batman's having to figure out who's doing all these killings and it's cameos from every, this storyline has a cameo from air pretty much almost if there's a Batman villain in the road in his rogues gallery, they make an appearance of some sort at some point in this storyline, 
which I like because it's kind of like, you know, just what do we get to? If you think it's so and so, well, guess what? They're going to have, he'll go and talk to them or they'll make an appearance in some way. Yeah. Now, whether they actually have a part in the murders or not, that's another question. But that's one you're hoping to get answered throughout watching the, I guess in this case, watching it and the, uh, as far as the trade back, uh, reading it, the animation is really good. I really enjoy how crisp and clean and very non-traditional, I guess is a good way to put it, but not in the like Batman Ninja non-traditional kind of way. Cause that one's so far out in the left field. <laughs> it's, uh, anyway, anyways, um, it's very well done. I was very impressed with how true to the storyline that stayed, which has been my biggest gripe from the last few Batman ones where they've kind of changed some things. Yeah. They stayed really uh, true to the story and not tried to deviate much from, from what's going on. If you, if you've read it and haven't watched it yet, you will be, like me, pleasantly surprised and very happy with it. If you don't know anything about it, you'll really enjoy it. Unless you're just wanting Pang, you know, Pow and Bang and Smack and all that, then you're not watching. Then don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it is PG-13. There might be a couple of curse words in it, but... um. Really, it would just be the violence, but it's cartoon violence, so I really don't. If either one of my kids wanted to watch it, I wouldn't. I'd let them. I mean, it's not that. Yeah. It's not that bad. So, uh, I actually like, so Jensen Eccles, who plays one of the characters from, from uh, Supernatural. I don't know which one he is. I think Sam. It's not Sam. <laughs> it's not okay. I don't know. I know the other one. The other ones. The other Dean from Dean from uh, Gilmore Girls. So he plays, he plays Dean. Okay, yeah. that's just too confusing. If you're gonna have <laughs> one, if he played Dean on the other show, just let him play Dean on this one. Just make it easy on everybody involved. <laughs> Anyways, he actually does a really good job playing Batman. Um, Josh Dumel plays does the voice of Harvey Dent. Naya Rivera does voice Catwoman. Troy Baker voices the Joker. Billy Burke voices Commissioner Gordon, who I really like. I like his voice acting in this. David, I'm gonna David Desmalchian. There we go. Um does the voice of uh, the calendar man. You will know him as the in speaking of the Dark Knight. The crazy guy that they get, uh, that Gordon gets in the back that almost that he almost kills in the uh, trying to figure out where Harvey Dent is, and he kind of plays kind of a crazy guy. Yeah, that's okay. him. He's also going to play the. He's also playing the polka dot guy in the new Suicide Squad movie, and he actually played one of the Jokers in Gotham TV show. Like he's very into being. It's one might say typecast into this DC world of uh, characters. Yeah. But he's, I mean, he's a good actor. Um, I really like, I, 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 I'm always able to pick him out, um, especially with a very uh, interesting last name. So it's a lot easier to kind of figure it out. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, Jack Quaid voices Alberto Falcone. So, uh, and Titus Welward voices uh, Carmine Falcone, aka. Uh... Shit, I already forgot the character's name. Anyways, um, I really like it. I would recommend watching it for sure. Um, even if you're just a casual Batman fan, you'll really like this one. It might make you want to watch or read more um, stories. Uh, the original original creator of this trade of this basically it's twelve issues made a trade back version of it. Uh, written by Jeff Loeb, he's done a bunch of Marvel stuff. And uh, the art's done by Tim Sale, who's one of my favorites. It's very unique artwork that I really enjoy. Um, actually, have a an issue from the Long Halloween. I think it's issue number nine with Two Face on it that I had Tim Sale autograph. I don't have it framed yet, sadly. Um, but yeah, from a Comic Con eleven years ago. But yeah, it uh, it's one of my favorites. I highly recommend it. And again, want to thank my best friend Mike Thomas for giving me that trade some 12 or 13 years ago <laughs> um, for a birthday gift. Uh, it's been my favorite ever since. I used to listen to Breaking Benjamin while reading it because it's just such a perfect, it's like their first two albums. So it's just fit so perfect with this, with this story, just the mood and everything. Yeah. Anyways. Awesome band. Yeah. I mean, and especially those two albums just fit so perfect so perfect with that kind of dark moody kind of gotham atmosphere so all right patrick <laughs> well the only other one i have is the gunpowder milkshake yep i finished i finished that one by the way all right it's on netflix <clears throat> come out july 14th 2021 hour and 54 minutes you got um, as your director, um, Navit Papushido. Papushido. Common spelling. Maybe. I... No, you got it right. Yeah, man. Okay. All right. Uh, you have Karen Gillan, uh, Lena Headley, Hetty, Carla Regina. Ha. Boys and saddles too. Um, <laughs> uh, Carla Gugino, yeah, Michelle Yo, Angela Bassett, uh, Paul Giamatti, and Chloe Coleman. You have three generations of women fight back against those who can take everything from them. Um, my first watch, I didn't really enjoy how it started off. <laughs> But I feel like it picked up toward the end where it kind of held my interest. But then I rewatched it today, like right before we started recording, and it was a little better. Um, it felt like a almost felt like a Tarantino movie, like um, Kill Bill almost in a way, maybe a little um, John Wick, but this is like Jane Wick. <laughs> um, so. Sam basically works for this organization or gets hired for, by this uh, organization called The Firm, I guess, to kind of handle their affairs and, in violent ways. <laughs> but uh, they have a flashback of for her interacting with her mom. They always meet at this diner in which her mom abandons her. 
But instead of not going into this line of business, she goes into it. And um, she works with Nathan, played by Paul Giamatti. And so apparently on the last job, she takes someone out that she wasn't supposed to. And he kind of chastises her about it, but they have bigger fish to fry because somebody stole money from him. And she's hired to to get, get the money back, take this guy out. And, you know, it's basically her mission. And so, um, <clears throat> so she, she basically, I think she's carrying older weapons that they don't want traced. So she's like, you need to find better weapons, get rid of these old things. And so she goes to this uh, quote unquote library and she needs to exchange her books because this is a special library where the books actually have weapons, firearm, ammo, and whatnot. But the people that run it are old colleagues of her mom. And, of course, they kind of give her the rundown. But um, uh, Madeline kind of recognized her just because, you know, certain people's eyes you don't forget. But um, Angela Bassett, who's ironically named Anna May, who played uh, Tina Turner, and what's love got to do with it? I'm like, of course they call her anime. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But um, but anyway, they determined that she's um let's see her mom's name is Scarlet. So they determined that she's the uh, daughter of Scarlet. And so, you know, they agreed to help her out. They were gonna kill her, but because of who she is, and you know, it's cool. So anyway, she gets new weapons, she tracks down the person who stole the money, and ends up accidentally shooting him. So she's different. She has a conscience. <laughs> so she ends up taking him to the hospital. And this is where she learns that the reason why he took the money is because his daughter was kidnapped and he took the money to pay off to get his daughter back. And from there, her mission becomes less about returning the money, more about getting the daughter, which of course Nathan's not 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 a fan of he's like just just bring the money back forget that yeah. <laughs> you know but she decides to do what she can do to get the daughter and of course this is a movie where you know parents don't survive <laughs> it's kind of like a disney trope it's yep. yeah. <laughs> pixar it's like so yeah so she ends up it ends up kind of like a, a buddy buddy movie because the daughter emily is now with um sam and they're basically on the run from here because, <laughs> um, you know, Nathan feels like she double crossed. So it's like, I can't help you. So, you know, I can't help you, but I can help you. Right. So it kind of reminded me of the, the, um, the owner of the continental was like, yes, I can't help you, but I'm going to help you anyway, <laughs> you know, type deal. And so, it does. She does eventually run into her mom. They kind of have their somewhat reunion, and then she has a reunion with her colleagues. And it's it. It just it didn't really pick up. It still didn't really pick up for me to the end. But I did like the fight sequences. The bowling alley fight was good. Yep. The fight at the hospital was good, and then they had a um, fight in the library. The quote the, the library right. um, fights were good. I don't know. It's just something. Outside of that, it just didn't stick. The pacing was disjointed, to put it mildly. Yeah. Um, it was very slow in parts. 
but the site the fight scenes again were good yeah i saw it more of like a very heavily in tarantino inspired film yeah. um maybe a little bit of bad time at the elroy mixed in with like either either like maybe smoking aces or lucky number 11 when those kind of off kind of oddball kind of yeah quirky action comedy things i mean granted there wasn't a whole lot of comedy in this but it was quirky i mean it's a quirky action movie i guess is the best way to yeah. put it but yeah the pacing was a little disjointed which could cause for it to be cut you know kind of jar people to not maybe like it as much and i didn't dislike it i wasn't yeah, like oh my god i can't wait to watch this again but right, i was like right. it's not bad i mean it's entertaining ish you know i just yeah. fight scenes were good storyline was kind of problematic <laughs> um yeah I mean, it was simple. It was simple, but they didn't try and do anything to kind of evolve anything. Well, in a lot but of, yeah. At least with the John Wick movies, there's some sort of character arc to it. Yeah. So yes. Sam pretty much stays the same. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a James Bondish type. Yeah, it is in that yeah. kind of way. You're not going to get. You're not going to. They're not going to grow in any sort of way. There was more character development in her mom than there was in her. Yeah. I mean, to be honest. Yeah, I agree there. So, but yeah, it was it was fine. It's if you like any of those movies that I just rattled off that had kind of touches of, you'll probably like this one. I mean, and again, it's on Netflix. There's not really any reason not to watch it. And, there was, there the, was and I liked it. I did like the the scene in the garage. With her driving. Drive. Yeah. yeah. I did like cool. that. That was kind of cool. They did that. But I did like, there was a moment where the people that had Emily, they all had masks on. Then at the end, when she took the final one out, yeah. it was a stake to the heart and he had on a, a Dracula mask. Yes. I was like, all right, that was cool. I did. <laughs> I, I laughed at that one. That yes. that part, I'm like, all right, that's freaking hilarious. Yes. That's, yeah, I'm a fan of that one. Yeah. I was like, all right, I, I, I'm not going to lose me on that one. No, I mean, there's a lot in here that you can enjoy. Like we were saying earlier, you can have things to enjoy in it. So it's not one of those at the end. You'd be like, I can't believe I said that's two hours of my life. Yeah. But at least there's some things you can point out. Like if you were to make a compilation, you would enjoy certain moments. So, and I forgot to mention this in space jam, but Jesus Christ, an hour and 56 minutes long. Yeah, it's way way too long. Drop it. Been, cut cut another thirty. One, cut. Yeah, one twenty. Yep, one twenty. One twenty. Hour and twenty minutes. Call it a day. It doesn't even be longer than that. I mean, at least it should have been ninety minutes. At least, if nothing, if, if, if nothing if, else. Yeah. But oh well. The longest thing should have been the credits. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> because of all the animation. Exactly. All right. Uh, real quick trailers. Um, John Boyega has got a new one coming out called uh, Naked Singularity. Uh, when a successful New York public defender loses his first case, his life begins to unravel. And he has a samurai sword. So that should be interesting. <laughs> uh, looks like theaters, yeah. 
Uh, no release date yet. Next is Turning Red, which was posted on our group page. Uh, Turning Red is a 13-year-old girl turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. That's coming out the Disney Pixar. Animated, obviously. March 11th, next year. I wonder if that's going to be a Disney Plus with a premium or without. Because it seems like all well, Pixar. March, yeah, March of next year, so we'll see. Yeah, That's it. First of all, we want to obviously thank Chad for joining us again, returning. And we want to be sure everybody checks out his podcast, Sunday Music Soapbox. Pretty pleased if you haven't, which everybody who listens should have by now, since he's a returning guest. Should be listening. If not, if not, please download. It's a great podcast. Chad, what you've got coming up? Anything? Uh, I've got a, I've got some more interviews lined up for for the podcast, and um, I'm playing with an artist right now in Nashville, a guy named Mick Mullen. He's got a kind of a great Jimmy Buffett style song called "Marijuana Ruined My Life," which I uh-huh. really like. Nice. Uh, doing shows with him, and um, you know we've got rock band. We got school back in session two weeks, so I'll be teaching rock band um, in Nashville. Back at it, I can't believe we're you know been a nice summer. Two weeks left to. Yep. you know simmer down and get focused in but still trying to enjoy it you know awesome but chad thank you again for joining us and uh giving us some insights and oh, okay. uh what you got going on so appreciate it yeah. glad to be here thank you yeah. thank you we want to wish everybody a uh, pleasant week hopefully an enjoyable week and we will talk to y'all next week thanks for listening if you enjoyed our show and have a moment please rate and review it helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.